You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 443 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on this fine Monday evening with the first preseason game in the books for the Atlanta Hawks. The uh, Hawks got a victory over the over the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday evening at McCamish Pavilion over there at the Georgia Tech uh, campus uh, by a final score of 116 to 102. I was on site for the game. Uh, actually, late the Hawks announced a live stream. So uh, those of you who were either creative with some uh, internet stuff or within 75 miles of the uh, Atlanta area. You had the opportunity to watch this game sort of unexpectedly, which was probably very nice. And in the building, there was a lot of uh, interesting things to take place and sort of monitor and evaluate. So we did plenty of that. Uh, most of this podcast, if not all of this podcast, will center on the game on Monday evening. But uh, and normally, uh, if you are a longtime listener, you would know that normally I record uh, in the arena after games. Georgia Tech's not quite set up the way the Phillips Arena is to where it's easy to do. So now I am back home in the home studio. I'm sure you can tell that by the lack of background noise. But uh, here we are to talk about what transpired. So, uh, you know, First things first, before we actually get into the game itself, before the game, uh, some uh, some eyebrows being raised, and at least in my, in my mentions in some of the uh, Hawks stuff on Twitter and elsewhere, and that uh, the Hawks elected to start Trey Young over Jeremy Lin. That was not a huge surprise to me, or most people, but at the same time, you know, that was that was one of the bigger questions coming into the game as to what was going to happen there. Actually, Lloyd Pierce told KL Chenard of Hawks.com, earlier in the day on Monday that that was going to happen. So it was not a surprise on the evening of the game, but at the same time, I wanted to pass along the rationale that was given by Lloyd Pierce for that. Uh, again, it's not a huge surprise to me that Trey Young would start the preseason opener. And uh, honestly, we'll talk about this in a second. Um, it, does, it does not necessarily mean that he's going to start the regular, the regular season opener. With that said, uh, here is what Lloyd Pierce had to say about the decision to go with Trey Young over Jeremy Lin in the preseason opener. Well, I think a lot of it for me, um, you know, Jeremy's just progressing up and he looks good he looks great but um, you know we, we, we gotta be mindful we played one game last year and um, to just whereas Trey we want to throw out there we want to put him out there and he's been healthy and he's going to go where Jeremy has nothing to do with anyone else it's just let's be smart about his progression <clears throat> does that mean he has any setbacks no but um, you know we've been cautious and, and, and with the right intentions of just trying to get him going both going to play tonight uh, both going to get some good minutes, and uh, don't know if they'll play together tonight. I don't know if that opportunity will present itself, but that's definitely not something that's not there. So again, you know, no surprise in what he's saying there, but it, it is definitely important to note, and that has been part of the calculus the entire time with Jeremy Lin, is that he has not played a basketball game in about a year and had major, uh, a major, major surgery and had a major injury on his knee. He did look, he, he looked okay in the game uh, that took place on Monday. We'll talk about that when we talk about like, sort of all the things that transpired on Monday night. But I thought it was pretty solid rationale. There's no reason to push Jeremy Lin along. He ended up playing uh, only 16 minutes in this game on Monday night, which is, again, not a, not a huge surprise. Um, and Trey Young, of course, could start the season opener. I would not be surprised at all about that. He's the face of the franchise now. You know, for better or worse, if you love the trade, then you will be you will be on board with that. If you didn't, then you won't be. But, you know, Trey Young is, is a fantastic prospect and a guy who was invested in a top-five pick. Um, it would not be a surprise to anyone if he started the opener. But I want to at least pass that along to people that were asking me and sort of my thoughts on that and passing that along. Uh, I had no issue with it at all, and uh, the rationale 
rationale is definitely one that's rooted in a lot of uh, just common sense, honestly, and that you would want a player like Lynn to take his time. You don't necessarily want to see too much from Jeremy Lynn. They kind of know what he is, especially if he's healthy. And as a result of that, um, that's kind of a decision kind of making itself for Lloyd Pierce. Before we get into the rest of the podcast, which will be centered on the game itself, I do want to talk to you about the good folks at Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or even sporting event of your choice at a fantastic price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets of all for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or even the row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners to this podcast an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money than you might even imagine that you could. Go to the App Store, Google Play, or and download the Fibbit Seats app. Use the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On for $20 off of orders that are $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every single purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts to games uh, and even the hottest theater and more, including the uh, Braves playoff game that might be taking place uh, over the weekend. Uh, there's a couple of uh, Braves playoff games actually. Sunday and Monday that you might want to take a look at this for. Uh, Vivid Seats has all of that, and you can download the app and enter promo code Locked On. That's one more time. It's Locked On. The promo code is Locked On for $20 off of orders, $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So we can move on to the rest of the uh, podcast, sort of breaking down what transpired. That's sort of the, n- the normal operating procedure on this pod, uh, is to kind of do a quick recap of what transpired right after the game, and then we'll kind of break it down as we look as we look further ahead in the coming days. But uh, this was this is a game that certainly had a lot of different things to uh, sort of tackle. Big picture-wise, the Hawks uh, had a, sort of an ugly first half in a lot of ways offensively. They're playing at, at an extremely high pace. Um, the, uh, the, 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 for the entire full game, the Hawks played at a pace of 117.3, which is just off the charts, frankly. Um, and after the game, I thought it was pretty interesting and kind of hilarious that Lloyd Pierce was asked about the pace, and he actually said it was, quote, a little slow, quote, end, end quote, for his taste. And uh, that was crazy, considering that would be the uh, highest pace in the league by a wide margin if that was the the case um, of course that's something he just kind of he kind of wants to instill in his team so that over and over again after the game and just that he wants them to play fast not get comfortable and never really be telling the team that they're playing fast enough he wants it always to be sort of that sense of sense of urgency and to play faster and faster and that was definitely very evident in this game Still, the offense, the offense really sort of sagged a little bit in the first half. It did improve at the end of the game, especially in the third quarter where the Hawks outscored the Pelicans by a 37-14 margin. It is worth noting, to be sure, that the Pelicans uh, took all took all of their starters, at least their big their big gun starters, Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday especially, out of the game at the half, and they did not return. Also, Julius Randle left this game with uh, after taking a hard fall. He was fouled hard by John Collins. Um, n- nothing, nothing crazy there. Looks like Randle's going to be okay, but you know that's probably the three best players for the Pelicans, they were out for most of the second half, and that kind of opened the door for what the Hawks were able to do. Still, one of those things where uh, you know the offense did click better, and they were playing as uh, NBA players, so it wasn't as if they were playing summer league guys. They're playing as guys who are going to be in the league, and they're going to be rotation players, and uh, that was enough to uh, inspire some confidence there. Uh, you know, other, other, otherwise, in the big picture, defensively, the Hawks played you know pretty re- pretty re- reasonably well. Frankly, uh, I don't have the highest aspirations for this team defensively this season. With that said, you know Lloyd Pierce is definitely a defense first coach, and the team played hard enough to inspire against some sort of confidence there in terms of their effort level execution wise there were some issues to be sure but um you know it's one of those things where you have to 
yeah, not, not necessarily worry about the next step, but it's, it's something that you have to you know sort of see it with your eyes. But there were a lot of positives to take away. You know, individually, it's kind of the best place to go down here. I will say this before we get to the rest of this stuff. Um, preseason, the results don't really matter. Uh, it's something that I think people, you know, most of the time people recognize that the uh, win-loss results don't really matter. The Hawks won this game by 14 points. It's always nice. Guys are in a better mood when they win. But even then, preseason games don't really you know, it's not really about that. It's about individual players. It's about system and system integration and sort of getting up to speed for the regular season. That's going to be the likely path here. So we'll at least point that out and start there at the top of this thing. Um, still, um, you know, a lot of players to talk about. John Collins was probably the, uh, you know, the headliner among the guys who you would recognize as the headliners. Uh, 18 points in 20 minutes for Collins. He had a monster dunk and actually missed a monster dunk along the way as well. Collins looked the part of a guy who's, who's ready to take the leap. He played a lot of power forward to play a little bit of center along the way, but uh, you know, 18 points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal in 20 minutes. He was efficient. 0 of 2 from a 3, but took a, a very, very confident top of the key 3 at one point in time. Uh, that's very, very encouraging for someone like John Collins, who is uh, you know going to be playing a lot of 4 this season, and I thought he played very well. is isn't worth spending too much time on him, but I thought just uh, fire, that up, fire that off as a check mark on the John Collins resume. He played well in this game. Uh, two guys that I thought we're kind of just out there, not in a terrible way, but we're Torian Prince and Kent Bazemore. Torian had eight points and seven rebounds in 23 minutes. Bazemore played 16 minutes and nine points and four assists. Those guys were fine. Uh, they were kind of on cruise control, which not a huge surprise. They're veterans. They're uh, sort of uh, you know full-scale starters for this team, and it's very, very early. Uh, nothing bad to say about either one of them, just not particularly um, you know interesting. Honestly, <laughs> they both were just kind of just fine, which is kind of what you want to see from those guys, so uh, file that away as well. Alex Lynn uh, didn't play a ton, honestly. Um, three points, had eight rebounds and four block shots in 14 minutes. I thought he actually played reasonably well. Took a corner three, which I was very intrigued by. I remember last year at McCamish Pavilion thinking that Dwayne Debbin was shooting threes and how weird that was. And this year, we're kind of expecting it a little bit from Alex Lynn, and he shot one here, looked comfortable doing it. His form looks just fine. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be able to make them, but I'm okay with him taking them. And he's one of the few guys on this team that's not, not a starter that's going to be on a long-term, not, not necessarily a long-term contract, but someone who is signed beyond this year, so Alex Lynn's going to be a point of observation all season long, because he is going to be on this team uh, the following season barring a trade, so I kind of like Alex Lynn. I thought he played pretty well here in a small sample. Um, the the fifth the fifth starter as some will spend a little, a little bit more time on that's Trey Young uh, a very interesting game for Trey Young it's one that will be polarizing to be sure uh, 11 points and eight assists in 20 minutes uh, looks just fine obviously you want uh, that near double double um, and as, as a team the Hawks have 32 assists Lloyd Pierce was very very pleased with that wanted to see 40 is what he said um, but one of those things where 32 assists in a preseason game is very very encouraging and uh, Young Young led the way with eight of them. Um, still, he was 5 of 16 from the floor and 1 of 16 from 3, and that will uh, definitely draw some ire around the league, I'm sure. He started 1 of 11 from the floor and 0 of 4 from, from 3 in the first half, um, so he was definitely improved um, after halftime in terms of his efficiency. There were some really nice moments in that third quarter when the Hawks were decimating the Pelicans, but Young was in the middle of that, making a lot of uh, strong passes and uh, you know some, some nice finishes and some playmaking. You know, Pierce lauded his passing ability, referenced as I have numerous times. That's his best skill, and one that you know I think will carry him a lot of in a lot of instances. I thought Young's defense wasn't terrible in this game. He he at least uh, competed for the most part on that end of the floor, and I think uh, there were a lot of positives. You know, the shooting is going to come around. I actually was okay with the shot selection for the most part, and even then, uh, Pierce talked about how he was pleased with Young. Um, you know, he was asked if, if Young was pressing, and uh, Pierce kind of said we want him to press almost uh, a situation where they want him to be aggressive. 
aggressive. And I, I tweeted during the game that I thought that uh, one of his best traits is his confidence. I do like that about him. You know, it's a situation where it's, it's, it's probably going to get him in some trouble early on in his career, which is not a bad thing. Um, but just in general, um, players that are going to operate in the way that he does, uh, you know, skill set wise and having the ball in their hands, the way he's going to uh, over the course of his career, he needs to be very, very confident. And he appears to have that um, down pat. So I, th- I thought, you know, I'm not going to go too, do- too, too deep on Young here, but I thought he actually played pretty well despite the, despite the 516 shooting and the passing is uh, definitely legitimate and something we've been talking about for a long time, but it's worth even repeating more and more that his passing is uh, just that good. Uh, on the Off the bench, the uh, headline story, I, I, was, I would say the entire game uh, we've not gotten to yet and we'll get to it now. DeAndre Bembry off the bench with uh, 25 minutes. In fact, uh, he actually led the team in minutes of 25. Um, you know, that's not a huge surprise considering how well he played, but still something to uh, follow away to be sure. 20 points for Bembry, five rebounds, four assists, two turnovers. He was a plus 14, playing alongside the starters a lot. Uh, Lloyd Pierce made some uh, people sort of uh, perk up when he said this all after the game, but he actually mentioned that he thinks, uh, at least he referenced Bembry as the one guy for sure on the roster that the Hawks can trust to get in the lane kind of whenever he wants to. And I asked Bembry about that after the game, he actually kind of just said he was trying to be aggressive, and I think you know, sort of the way that he played is the way that he wants to play, and the, and the way the Hawks um, wanted him to play when he was coming out of college. All the injury stuff is definitely out there, and until he can prove long term that he can stay healthy, it's definitely a question mark. But this is kind of the player that you would have envisioned the Hawks getting a couple of, couple of years ago in the draft. You know, the 20 points is probably a little bit misleading. He was 7-14 from the floor, 5-7 from the free throw line, and 1-4 from three. He isn't going to have the ball in his hands that much, I don't think, this season in order to sort of uh, routinely put up these kind of numbers. But with that said, um, Bembry was the first player off the bench um, when it comes to the wings. It was Bembry and Kevin Herter taking most of the minutes on the wings off the bench. That was a nice combination. We'll talk about more in a second when we we discuss some rotation things at the end of the podcast. But uh, Bembry was very, very good, very aggressive here. Uh, The shooting is kind of is what it is, but he was able to get in the lane, do whatever he wanted. He plays a point guard at times, at least in terms of the uh, offensive initiation responsibilities, and Pierce to reference that as something that they're going to let him do, and he's comfortable with that. So, uh, as a longtime Bembry supporter and fan, I think that's a situation where you have to be very, very pleased with the way that he looked in this game. It's only one game, but his fourth-year option is looming out there. We talked about that a lot on this podcast and in written form with Jeff Siegel and others, but, uh, you know, Bembry, if he plays like this the rest of his preseason, it's kind of a no-brainer, but just the, fa- the fact that he could flash this kind of game um, definitely makes it more likely the Hawks are going to go ahead and pick that option up. Uh, you know, it's not it's not sourced. That's something that I just kind of assume considering the way he played, but he was very good in this game, and that's uh, worth pointing out. Uh, elsewhere on the bench, nobody else that was uh, necessarily a huge topic conversation aside from Bembry. Alex Poifers played, played very well in this game off the bench. He's a two-way player, for those of you who are unfamiliar with his work. 13 points, 5 rebounds. Did have 5 fouls in 15 minutes, which is going to be a problem, to be sure. But uh, Poifers was actually playing small ball center in this game a lot. Um, the Hawks really only have, uh, was, without Dwayne Debman and Amari Spellman available, only one center that's planning to be in the rotation, and that's Alex Lynn. They do have Miles Plumley, who we'll talk about in a second. But Poifers was playing center getting some looks there. I think he's a long-term a four, but I've always been a fan of that signing that the Hawks did with him as a two-way player. It would not surprise me if, the, if he was playing real minutes early in the season, even as a two-way guy, and if uh, if, it, if that becomes a problem that he's uh, part of the team, that's not that's not a bad problem to have. You can kind of clear that roster spot some other way and promote him if you need to do that, like they did with Tyler Cavanaugh last season. So, 
I think Poitras was a nice signing, and he actually played quite well in this game. Um, elsewhere, Jeremy Lin, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but four points, three assists for Lin, and three rebounds in 16 minutes. I thought he didn't he didn't look explosive necessarily, but he was he's still moving well. You can tell that he's not quite there in terms of just the confidence level to initiate things. Uh, he, he 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 performed like a solid NBA point guard, which is what he is. But I, I, I you didn't necessarily see all of the uh, explosiveness that you might see from him. You know, in another, another month or two, Lin is uh, probably some who's going to be taking it slow responsibly. He's a veteran player, doesn't have anything to prove in the preseason, which definitely matters, but I thought he just looked fine, and that's what you want to see from him. Vince Carter, play, Vince Carter played 16 minutes, actually played pretty well, 7 points and four rebounds. He played exclusively at the four, which is something that we've been talking about on this podcast for a long time. Actually got a little bit of a pushback on that a lot this summer about just kind of saying that he was going to be playing the four. Like, you know, he's still listed as a shooting guard in some spots. Vince Carter is a power forward at this point in his career. Maybe he could play the three a little bit, but for the most part, we saw it even in this game. His uh, lack of foot speed and the fact that he's uh, definitely, you know, he's pretty bulky, definitely a smarter player. He's a small ball four in the NBA right now, in my opinion, and he played there almost exclusively in this game, if not if not exclusively, and that's something that I think is going to happen moving forward on a team that doesn't really have that kind of backup power forward. He, he might be that, especially early in the season. I thought he played pretty well. Um, you know, aside from that, Kevin Herter, 19 minutes. He was pretty anonymous a lot of the game, but some nice moments, two points, three assists, one rebound, one steal, one block for Herter with one of five from the floor. So didn't have a ton going on offensively, but I think he, he definitely managed to display some of his skills that uh, make him very intriguing. Obviously, the shooting is his headline skill. Um, Herter has the ball. When, when he has the ball in his hands, he's very comfortable. He's a good athlete. Actually, the Hawks design a lob for him in this game. That's a good reminder that he's a pretty good athlete, and not someone who's just like you know, you know, your typical four spacer. I, I do, I do think that uh, he's going to have some skills that people are going to be surprised by, both with the ball in his hands and uh, as sort of that kind of off-ball cutter type player that he has shown to be. Defensively, wasn't great, but uh, I think you know it's a good reminder that he's pretty long and pretty athletic. I think he's going to get stronger to be sure, but I thought Herter played pretty well in flash. Him considerable stuff here. Um, it's, it's almost every, everybody in the rotation on this evening. The last guy is Miles Plumley. Uh, 16 minutes, zero points, five rebounds. I thought Plumley was pretty bad. Honestly, I've defended him a little bit when it comes to his on-court play. I do think Plumley can bring some value in certain situations. Um, still, I, I thought he was definitely the weak link on this on the, on the floor uh, in this game. Out of the 11 guys that saw regular playing time, he was the worst player um, pretty much by far. And I think you know that's going to sort of add fuel to the fire for those of those uh, fans that want him gone because Plumlee was not good in this game. That has to be said. Um, that's sort of the there was eleven guys that played real minutes in this game in the first three quarters. That was a solid rotation of eleven. It was the starting five um, in this game of Trey Young, Kent Bazemore, Torian Prince, and John Collins. Also, you had Poitras, you had Bem- you had Bembry, you had Plumlee, you had Jeremy Lin, you had Kevin Herter, and you had Vince Carter. That was the 11 that actually played in the first three quarters when the game was uh, still, I guess, um, being competitive in the way that they wanted it to be. Um, the rest of the team, uh, the only guy who did not play that was uh, that was healthy was Cole Aldrich. He did not get in this game. Um, everybody else did play in the fourth quarter only, and that was Jalen Adams, Tyler Dorsey, R.J. Hunter, and Thomas. Robinson. Robinson had some nice moments. I've always liked his game, but eight points, two rebounds in 10 minutes. I thought he was efficient. He played pretty well. Uh, there were uh, there were some times where he was playing alongside Miles Plumley. That's pretty much suicide offensively. I would like to see Thomas Robinson play center, um, but at the same time, that was uh, at least something that we could see him out on the floor. 
Jalen Adams didn't have a great game. He's 0-3 from the floor, but didn't really have much of an opportunity either. And uh, you know, it's kind of he's his value right now is tied to his shooting almost exclusively. So something to file away there for the future. Hunter only got up two shots. You know, he's he's definitely a pure specialist role player at this point in time. Didn't have a ton of opportunity either. And finally, Tyler Dorsey was the big surprise that he did not play at all. You know, it didn't bowl, it didn't bowl me over that he was not in the rotation in this game. I've long been on the record that I think Bembry's a better prospect, and also Kevin Herter. I would not surprise me if Dorsey sort of fall, fell behind there, and uh, that kind of played out in this spot a little bit. That doesn't really offend me or bother me, but it's, I'm sure some of his more vocal fans and, and supporters will be surprised or bothered that he did not play in the competitive portion of the game. Uh, and by the way, uh, five of ten from the floor took, took ten shots in twelve minutes in the fourth quarter. Played the entire fourth quarter, had five, eleven points and five rebounds. So didn't didn't play badly, but was very aggressive, very on brand for what he is going to bring to the table. And uh, that's kind of just where I'll leave it for there. But I, you know, again, not not a huge surprise. But he was the one player that I was uh, at least at least uh, had my eyebrows raised that he that he did not get in the game. I knew I knew it was going to be a talking point, and I'm sure it will be in the near future. But uh, we'll see how Lloyd Pierce handles rotation when the Hawks play again on Friday, because uh, you know it's three days off of here, and I'm sure there'll be some quotes and stuff like that. But you know, I wasn't I wasn't surprised. I'm sure some of the fan base will be, and that's kind of it for the way that uh, I'm going to handle the rotation in Game One of the preseason, because it's always going to be. Over- overblown and we've already talked about it quite a bit so um that's going to probably do it for today's podcast. There is more I'm sure that we'll tackle. I plan to have another sort of recap-ish pod of uh, this particular game um, with with a guest later on this week before we get into Friday and then we'll delay that show. We'll definitely have a recap show for Saturday morning. Um, so you know we're, we're getting back in the swing of things. I do appreciate everybody uh, listening to the podcast and definitely want everybody to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio or Spotify. Any of those places would be fantastic, but if you are a a listener already, please uh, tell your friends. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Come back and we'll be here, you know, three, four, five times or six, sometimes even six times a week when the season's going, so we'll be here all the time, and if, uh, you know, again, if you have a Hawks fan friend that you uh, want to turn the the show on to, I would really appreciate it as well. So, please stay tuned um, for later in the week, and until then, we will see you guys next time.